Clyde, and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you once again from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, also, my guest today, if you could go to his great network and give all their shows five stars on Apple Podcasts, or like, subscribe, if you're on Spotify, follow, all that good stuff. Any help to us podcasters and broadcasters out there around the world, it is truly appreciated. We cannot thank you enough for it from all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break and all of our guests that appear on the show each and every time out. But the NBA is in a bubble. They're firmly in the bubble now. There's there's all these great players that are now at the Disney's wide world of sports. We've seen all the stuff on social media so far. I was just joking recently with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies about it and all that good stuff. And they're now practicing. They're getting closer to the scrimmages, which is getting closer to the season starting. And I'm getting all revved up as far as the NBA is concerned. And one of the great guests, I've just had so many people inquire as far as that they wanted to come on the show. And one of the great people indeed to come on this show He helps run the Podcast City Network, which I'm going to show everybody on Facebook Live right now. You got to catch it today at podcastcity.net. Also, go ahead on all their social media. Please follow them. But they've got, as you can see on Facebook Live, I'm counting right now, right off the top of my head, I'm seeing 6, 12, 18 shows right there for you. Just if you want a whole bunch of great podcasts, sports, pop culture, a lot of stuff that we do here, what I do, you can go ahead and check out more great stuff that they've got. In fact, I've got all the shows right there for you. You check it out at podcastcity.net. You check out all their shows on Apple Podcasts. And again, it's the guy that helps run this Podcast City Network all behind it. It is Craig James. And I'm telling you at the Podcast City Network, I know your hands are always full. I know you're always busy, <laughs> but I truly appreciate you taking some time to join us on the program. Absolutely, Gerald. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I've been kind of watching some of your stuff uh, lately. I suppose, of course, meeting in the uh, the sports podcasters group that we have on Facebook and uh, really appreciate all the stuff that you're doing. Obviously, Podcast City Network is a joint venture. I have two awesome co-owners in uh, in Denver and Chris that also do a lot of it. We have a lot of shows that are all different genres. We have our sports. We have a lot of it is wrestling because a lot, both, a lot of these guys we're professional wrestlers at some point. We also have pop culture, gaming, a lot of many things you can think of. We've got it all at Podcast City Network. Well, I'll tell you what, as someone who has quite an extensive background following professional wrestling and actually reports on two pop culture shows each and every week to Worldwide Radio. Yeah, I, I there's just <laughs> no, there's always something to talk about within those realms. And I know, especially lately when it comes to professional wrestling and all the stuff that's going on there. We would be talking all day right now if it was professional <laughs> wrestling because That's there's right. so much going on right there. But this is a basketball podcast, so we'll go ahead and keep it such because I know not everybody out there following us here at the Lakers Fast Break wants to hear that. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I would just – on the WWE alone, there's like – I would have like a two-hour <laughs> dissertation on them. But going forward on the bubble, uh, there's just a lot to talk about there. I want to hear your insight on on your impressions of the bubble so far was it the right move of the NBA to do this? And what are you expecting, at least going forward, as far as the season and how it gets underway? Well, as far as do I think it was the right move, 
Uh, I don't think it's the right move for sports to happen at all right now, just because of, if you think about it, just the vast, um, just the vast, the large, how big our population is, you know, this virus is going to take its toll. They're talking about a second wave. We haven't really gotten out of the first one yet. So, uh, you know, you kind of look at that. Should sports happen? Probably not this year, but there's so much money at stake, which I understand why they're doing it and why they're bringing it back. I think the NBA is doing the best job of it so far, uh, just as far as being uh, being prepared for everything. But just like Mike Tyson said, you always have a great game plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> so that you do. We'll see what happens when we actually start seeing scrimmages in in games. But I think the NBA's got a pretty good hold on it. But I'm I know other sports, especially one NFL, is going to be watching very closely to see how this plays out for the NBA. And I would as well. I mean, because if I'm Roger Goodell. If I'm also watching as far as from vantage point of Major League Baseball, I need to see how effective this is. We've already seen examples already as far as in soccer and minor league sports already go into a bubble. The WNBA, they've been in a bubble, and that's another story as far as uh, the battles that are going on there, especially with the Atlanta Dream and all that. Uh, That's another Mm -hmm. story in and of itself uh, that I could go deeply into uh, in regards to that. But you've already seen their bubble, which we thought at the time was not anywhere near as quality. And that's a shame for the WNBA players because I thought I saw the conditions that they were in. And then you go and see what's going on at the, the Disney hotels. You know, I, I know these players. And like I was saying on the previous two podcasts with Melvin Washington third, and also as well, Rafael Barlow, that they're used to the five stars. They're used to the premium hotels. But this is something that I think for the most part is something that you and I, who have regular salaries, well, at least I have a regular salary, <laughs> that when I've gone to Orlando, this is this, these are things that I've, I've dealt with as far as taking my mm-hmm. family over there because it's just so expensive. You, you can only afford so much of a level of, of hotel accommodations. But to see these players go off on it, that, that's – I don't know. Right now it's kind of funny. But at some point in time, as I mentioned to Rafael Barlow, it could be kind of a backlash and say, you know what, mm-hmm. you guys got to go ahead and accept it just for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, a lot of people have been shooting their shots at the NBA for the airline food or the you know the high school food they've been feeding these players. But uh, as Mark Stein pointed out on Twitter, that it's just for the first 48 hours supposedly because of quarantining and all that kind of stuff when they first get into the bubble. So from there, there's supposed to be an actual menu that they can choose from. So we'll see how the NBA kind of readjusts, but you know, they, as for as much money as they could be making, you know, they're spending a lot of money to make this whole bubble happen. So they probably did try to cut corners a little bit and then realize, Oh, we can't, you know, this little tray of food is only going to feed, maybe half of LeBron James, not a full LeBron James. So we'll see how they decide to, to kind of adjust the, the menu uh, over the next couple days. And that will be interesting to see. And as they go and continue in the bubble, the messages that they want to send, uh, you know, the things that they agreed upon with the league as far as what they're able to say and what they're able to go ahead and, and do for social justice and racial inequality I know King Namo uh, has just commented on YouTube as far as uh, his thoughts on it, and we appreciate him watching 
want to thank him for watching uh, in regards to his views one way or the other. I wanted to go ahead and ask, are you happy with what you're going to be seeing as far as the messages are concerned that, that are going to be sent? I know there was had to be some type of agreement because of either licensing issues and things of that nature. I kind of find it weird that the WNBA is going to probably be doing more as far as the back of their jerseys than the NBA. Kind of find that weird. Do you or, or, or is this something that is because of a licensing issue because the NBA is at Heather as far as marketing is concerned? I mean, I think they're going about it about as well as they can, given the circumstances. I mean, allowing them to to put these uh, these messages and things on it. You know, they're they are trying to. As far as I give the NBA a lot of credit, they have been very very forthcoming about being being really in in tune with what their players like, the, what they follow, what they believe in. Other sports really haven't done that. As much as Adam Silver and the NBA have. So I give them a lot of credit for even taking this step. This should even be seen as a big step compared to a lot of other a lot of other sports where, you know, you still have in the NFL, they just had kneeling was a big issue. Not just to mention letting them wear political shirts while they're warming up or anything. Like not even talking about that. NBA has done a really good job about being pretty proactive about this kind of stuff. So I think this is already a big win for those social injustice followings that, that are out there. Um, I think it's a big win, no matter how little even they're able to do it. I think it's pretty big for the sport. And I agree with you on that. I, I think it is pretty big for the sport that they were able to go ahead and do that. I'd like to see, uh, you know, as much as we can, as far as the message being crossed that, Hey, this is a time of change and we need to go ahead and change along with it. I'd like to go ahead and see that, out at the forefront not only will it make the players happy but also like i said it's just at this point in time that's what we need to do hopefully to bring us together as as a community and that's what i'm hoping for eventually that we can go ahead and become united in our in our thoughts and our and our appreciation for things out there but getting back to the game itself and and seeing how that's going to be represented i'm, I'm like you said i think the nba is at the forefront of this and that the other I guess the other major sports, I don't know if you want to say begrudgingly or maybe, uh, you know, maybe kicking and screaming finally are getting into the program as well. I mean, we're seeing what's going on with the NFL, the Redskins, the name changes possibly that are coming up in the future that are long overdue, the statements that their players may be able to make. It's a different time and I'm, I'm glad to see these things changing, but it looks like the NBA is going to be at the forefront of this. Absolutely. I mean, you know, some of these name changes, whether it's uh, Major League Baseball or the NFL or even colleges still to some extent, you know, they still have these these uh, names that are tied to different things from our past that not everyone may agree with. But, yeah, I think begrudgingly is a really good word for it. I mean, the NBA has always been very, at least since uh, Adam Silver's been involved, has been pretty proactive about these things. And, you know, they've been on the They've been kind of showing what should a commissioner be doing to help forward their the progress of their sport, not only within our own country, but worldwide. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I, I just want to go ahead and be able to go and experience where not only are we enjoying the games, but also being able to spread a message of equality and going forward that we can come to agreement on. And hopefully that conversation will start and get more powerful 
as time goes on. And hopefully what the NBA will do with its platform will go ahead and facilitate that. But in the bubble itself, there's going to be all these teams that are there. And and I don't know, you talked about your your trepidations on the bubble itself. I kind of had trepidations on having 22 teams there. I mean, I, I, I was for the bubble. I saw, I had a feeling that the league would really hunker down, for lack of a better term, on a plan to really control this virus as best you can, as best as humanly possible. And I'm hoping that that will be the case. I mean, there will still probably be isolated incidents, but I do I think that a team down there is going to contract the coronavirus and outbreak? I, I don't think so, because I think the league is just so much at the forefront using technology and, and steps to do that. It Does it go over bounds? I think so when it concerns ping pong, that's for sure, because we're seeing that you can't even play doubles on ping pong, yet it's the guy that you just play defense on in practice. I think that's a little bit overboard, but I understand that they are doing things on the side of safety, and if anybody's going to be able to be a success at it, it's going to be the NBA. Yeah, I think I think that's a good that's a good way to look at it. But I mean, with being in the state of Florida, which where we we have our our shows headquartered, uh, we're right outside of Orlando, and I know there are a lot of cases of COVID nineteen happening by the day. It's it's insane how the numbers in this state have been going up and up and up. So I think it I think it's not a matter of when or if somebody is going to contract COVID-19, I think it's a matter of when and how will the NBA then approach it. They've already got some pretty good protocols how they are going to approach any any cases of COVID-19. I know uh, NBC Sports put out a, an article not too long ago about what happens if and when a player tests positive. Uh, the games aren't going to stop, but they are immediately moved into isolation housing and they're quarantined for 14 days. So they've, they've taken some pretty strict steps. So it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and how is that going to affect? And what if somebody like a high profile name gets it? Now you've got some big questions because how's that going to affect like your ratings and all this kind of stuff? Cause you have no fans. So this is a big way that the NFL or the NBA is trying to, kind of recoup some of that money and advertising and revenue they'd lost during the hiatus. And I think that's a big reason why they decided to go with 22 teams. You could have just gone straight to the playoffs, cut it off and say, good, but you've had a couple months layoff. There's going to be a lot of rust. You had some guys, you know, Antetokounmpo decided not to pick up a basketball. Chris Middleton said he's not picked up a basketball at all either on the best, one of the best teams in the NBA. So rust money and then they want to create a buzz i think about just this whole thing in general something that's never been done before in american sports really so that's i think those are reasons why they want to take the 22 teams pare it down after a couple weeks and then everything is almost as normal because like you said a lot of it's to do with money and obviously that's the motivating factor here with a lot of these teams having to have be there because of the fact that you have to make what 70 games to pay back the local sports networks and make sure those contracts are good and it's coming to even the point where there's their talk about in September a second bubble for the I want to play two teams that didn't quite cut the mustard <laughs> this season and I understand that will be about money and about finishing those contracts as well because in the end it's all about money no matter how much they are spending it's still all about those 
beloved TV contracts, first and foremost. Absolutely. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, I'm speaking to Craig James from the Podcast City Network. Again, you got to check out his lineup of shows that he's got on this tremendous network right today at podcastcity.net. Now, I want to ask you this in regards to the teams themselves that are there. Well, let's go for as far as from the Western Conference. Obviously, the Lakers and Clippers stand out. I mean, a lot of people that are there are a lot of people that are making odds. I've talked to a lot of people over the interviews, and they're talking about how it's going to be a Lakers. Well, it's going to be an L.A. matchup, Lakers-Clippers all the way as far as the Western Conference Finals. They already think it's a done deal. But I'm not so sure of that because you're in this environment is unknown that anything can happen because there is no home. There is no way, really. I don't even know why they even say home and away on the schedule. It just blows my mind. Okay. Okay. We're the home team. Really? Are you? Yeah. Just, just changing out the home floor is all they're doing. (laughs) Why would you even do that? Just put the guys out there. There you go. LA versus whoever, you know, and just leave it at that. But Mm -hmm. be that as the case, there are still teams in the Western conference. First off, we'll go ahead with them that might interject in this all LA matchup. I think that if you slight a Denver, uh, a Houston, which will go all small ball, and some of these other teams, I think you're selling themselves short, and I think you're going to get a surprise maybe once or twice during the course of this playoff bubble. Yeah, well, I mean, look at how well the Oklahoma City Thunder have been playing up until the break, the hiatus. They were expected to not be even in the close to being in the playoff race, and they were 40 and 24 going into going into this hiatus and already kind of a lock for the playoffs. So I think teams like that, you got to watch out for, but looking at how they set up the schedules, looking at some of the, the quote unquote softest schedules that were, that are kind of expected in this bubble. Uh, the Pelicans has been much talked about having one of the easiest schedules during the restart 76ers, the, uh, the Celtics, those are in the East, but, but looking at a team like the Pelicans they're within striking distance. And I find it kind of weird and a little maybe coincidental that not only do the Pelicans have one of the easiest schedules, they have the, as, as ESPN, so kind of bluntly put it on get up the last couple of weeks, the crowned prince of the NBA and Zion Williamson on the Pelicans. And I would not be surprised if this kind of a schedule favors a team like that with those younger kids the Grizzlies are another team. The Mavericks have a, have a few young players on that team. I wouldn't be surprised to see those 
types of teams make some big leaps into that playoff race. But yeah, once you get in the playoffs, I think all roads are going to lead through LA as far as what teams it's, you're all looking at matchups. Now you're right. The home court advantage doesn't matter. Uh, it's now it's going to be what kind of matchup, how hard do you want to play to get the matchup that you ideally want in the playoffs? And I hear you with, when it comes to the, how it's structured, it was actually kind of structured anyways during the regular season, had the regular season kept right. on going because the Pelicans, I believe we're going to have the easiest of schedules, but mm-hmm. it's now patterned for them even more, not necessarily because their schedule's easier because it's slightly harder, but they still have one of the easiest schedules out there. But mm-hmm. the fact that they have those playing games, which they would not have had before if it was a regular season scenario, that mm-hmm. that's the thing. So if you're within two games, you've got a chance to play in. And that, oh, actually, it's a, it's four games. If you got four games, I believe, mm-hmm. if you're within four yes. games, you get to go ahead and play. In. And you've got three teams at three and a half games behind Memphis. So one of those yeah. teams, I think, is going to be in the mix. I personally think it's going to be Portland, but you never know. The league is kind of, like you said, slanting it towards a favor of a LeBron-Zion matchup, which they so desperately want at this point in time. Yeah, ESPN, NBA, uh, they both want it so very desperately to see that as the first-round matchup. That would I can guarantee you right now they'll, they'll tout it as the passing of the torch. Uh, in in the NBA playoffs, but I I think it's going to be a really intriguing ma- uh, kind of matchup to look at all those teams that are fighting for that one spot, the Grizzlies and John Morant, and who I think is clear cut Rookie of the Year, the Blazers who have really kind of struggled this year, but they still have Damian Lillard. You still have a guy like Carmelo Anthony. This whole new setup, it's really intriguing because it it favors not only the veteran teams and maybe guys that are on the load management teams, <laughs> those, those are really going to be favored here. Cause now you've got, you've got teams like the Pelicans who have been throwing out Zion Williamson a little bit here and there kind of throwing out a minutes limit and other guys that are coming back from injuries. So I still see guys playing on those limited minutes for the first couple games. But I think once you get near those, those play in games, we're going to see, about as close to the end of regular season basketball that we would have had. It's about as close as we're going to get. Cause I think everybody's going to be playing as many minutes as they can just try to fight and get those finals playoff spots. And that's what I'm going to be very interested in seeing, especially in the Western conference, that last three to four games. It's going to be very interesting mm-hmm. to see that you have Sacramento, you have new Orleans and you also have Portland, Portland, a now healthy Portland with both of their big guys back. Now saying, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going to make a statement and we're going to go ahead and make a charge. And poor Memphis sitting there going, hey, we worked so hard during yeah. the course of the season. And now this happens to us. We know everybody's against us. We know everybody's not behind us when it comes to the NBA. At least it seems like anyway. So that could <laughs> yeah. be the little engine that could as well, especially with John Morant, like you said, playing at a rookie of the year league level. Yeah, one of the things that not a lot of people are talking about, which has kind of flown really under the radar, but it's also been their MO, is the San Antonio Spurs. And while they're kind of on the outside looking in, they have on the line 22 straight playoff appearances are at Jeopardy this year. Uh, and this could be the first time ever that Greg Popovich doesn't make the <laughs> doesn't make the playoffs with the Spurs. Uh, that's kind of weird to think about, but with LaMarcus Aldridge going down with his surgery right after they hit the hiatus 
you don't really know, are they going to be able to make enough of a push to get close? I don't think they will. And I, it's really kind of a sad thing to see how they have really, they rose to the top of the NBA. And now the last couple of years, they've kind of died down. I think it all started with the Kawhi Leonard situation. Absolutely. And, uh, not every team can go ahead and have so much success. In fact, no other team has had that kind of success from a consistency in the playoff stature. Like you said, as the San Antonio Spurs, I think it's going to be very hard without LaMarcus Aldridge. Plus, you have mm-hmm. to jump over not one, not two, not three, but essentially four teams in order for them to go ahead and get into the playoffs. And even worse would be Phoenix, which has to jump over five teams in order to go ahead and and get their way in the playoffs. So I think the challenge is too tall for them at this point in time. But you're right. It'd be interesting to see if San Antonio, what kind of effort that they make to go ahead, at least try to make a push towards the playoff run. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that play out. And Phoenix, everybody's always wondered about how will, how has Devin Booker's been on this team and they have not played very well his whole tenure there. And now they've been wanting to see what's it going to look like for him in crunch time situations. And when it's all on the line, now you're going to see what, what is, how does he perform? And, you know, that's, that's a team that's always got a lot of potential at the beginning of the year. They had such a hot start and then it just kind of all falls apart. So I, yeah, I think those teams are really going to have a tough go of it, but that eighth spot, like you said, you've got three, four teams that are all right there. And once you get to that play in game, I think that's NBA wanted to create that. Cause you know how jam packed the West has been for 10, 15 years, really. But looking at that play in game, it's who's going to be the team to play LA Clippers or Lakers. And that's, I think is NBA loves that. That's more, more, more revenue dollars, more eyes on the screen for a play in game, which has never really been done right at to this point. And it's so interesting to see how this is going to map out. And before I hear your thoughts on an overall champion on both West and East, Let's get to the East real quick. And, oh, I think your phone's ringing. I think that's Sean Marks, uh, general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. He needs you to come in and play uh, for the rest of the season, if that's okay with you, because they're they're running out of players. They're either getting injured or getting coronavirus. So they're running out of players. And with Michael Beasley being recently added, with Jamal Crawford being recently added, but in Michael Beasley's case, he has to serve a five-game suspension. So he's not even going to be there for the first few games. I'm telling you, your phone <laughs> might be ringing, my friend, and that might be Sean Marks on the other line. I haven't played competitively in about ten years, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I have a few. I have a few phone numbers of ex ex college athletes I've worked with that uh, I think they would be more than up to the challenge for that. <laughs> they might be called upon, my friend. I'm just going to tell you that right now because you've got, uh, like I said, a situation that's dire and. I was thinking that either that or they're going to go ahead at the basketball tournament that's play, taking place the weekend that we're speaking. They might just take yeah. all those players and put them on the, the roster as well. Hey, Joe Johnson's still still available. They could go get him. Jarrett Jack just played uh, two within the last two years. I mean, there's a couple of guys that could still play in the NBA. I'm not. I would not be surprised if they if they were able to to go reach out and get one or two of those players from the basketball tournament. That might be something that they might have to do because at that point you're you're starting to, they're they're getting there they're starting to reach that that end of the line when it comes to players that have played recently in the league so that's going to be a very interesting in case 
there's any injuries or unfortunate incidents with the coronavirus as we go forward. But the East Coast, let's talk about the Eastern Conference real quick. Your thoughts on the Eastern Conference? Obviously, Milwaukee has dominated, but there's not as much confidence. I mean, they're still picked as far as one of the best odds teams that are out there, but there's not as just like definitive they're going to go all the way because they have not proven it yet in a playoff scenario that they can go all the way. So if there's any, going to be any teams that you think that might interject themselves and might sneak into the finals, who could it be? Well, yeah, you look at the Bucks. They're one of those teams that right now they're having a great regular season, but like you said, they haven't really proven it. They're going to be one of those teams that I, you know, I've been going through my project, my predictions of this, this, restart and I'm, I'm having a hard time in the Eastern finals, to be honest with you. I'm having a hard time thinking, I don't think the bucks can make it all the way through to win an NBA championship, but it's, it's mostly just because of how the rest of the NBA is lined up. Even looking at the East, you still have the Raptors who have been playing surprisingly very well or unsurprisingly, I guess, if you look at how their team was built by Ujiri, but uh, they've been playing really well, especially going into the, going into the high ages, the Raptors, they're coming off that championship. Uh, the Celtics and, and Jason Tatum and how he's come on this year have been something to, to take of note. And even the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler coming in, and now they had guys, uh, you had guys like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and all those guys are playing at such high levels that the Miami Heat are now a team that you have to look at as far as the top four teams. But yeah, the the playoff race in the East, just like every year, it's already kind of top four and then everybody else. So as far as a team that could unseat the Bucks, I mean, looking at how I have it set up, I have, I have a team like the Heat probably seeing the Bucks in the Eastern semis, a 1-4 matchup, and then the winner of the Raptors-Celtics series, which I have them at 2-3. and three. If any of those three teams I think would have on the right circumstances have a chance at unseating the Bucks in the East. So I think it, it, trying to pick between those three, I would probably have to go with matching up. The Raptors probably have the best chance of those three teams. And then I wouldn't be surprised though, if the heat take the Bucks to the wire. Mm, very interesting indeed. And you're not even mentioning, like I, I mentioned to uh, Melvin Washington III about the possibility of Philadelphia finding its own mix and finding that cohesion finally that we thought, or many of us thought, that they would have found all season because they were picked right. much higher than what they're ending up right now. Yeah. And if that's the case, they could be uh, throwing a wrench in there, so to speak, and, and putting their own statement in it. But yeah, you, you said you've got four quality teams right there. And and definitely if Jimmy Butler is on his game, he could take Milwaukee really down to the wire, like you were saying. Absolutely. And yeah, you mentioned I knew you're going to mention the 76ers. So this is probably a very unpopular opinion. But on our show at the beginning of we always do season preview shows for all the sports and, and everything on our shows. I had predicted that the 76ers were not going to play well this year, mainly because everybody on paper says, look at their defense. And I say, well, look at the shooters they lost. They lost all scoring. You're now expecting Tobias Harris, who I saw him a lot when he played in Orlando and Detroit, but the guy hasn't really ever found a fit. And Ben Simmons, I, I know he maybe 
started taking threes, he still doesn't have a jump shot. I'm sorry. He's not, until he gets a jump shot, he's not going to be scary. He's a great facilitator and he's a great defender. He's freakishly athletic, but until he gets a jump shot, doesn't scare anybody in the East. Joel Embiid, one of the best centers in the game, never healthy and never consistent. You don't know what you're getting out of him. They're big. They're slow to kind of in the front court. So that's kind of why when you lose JJ Redick, you lose Jimmy Butler, you lose some of those guys in the backcourt that really helped save their butts in the look at the playoff series they had last year. Jimmy Butler and JJ Reddick came to save the day. Now they're out the door. You don't have any offensive scoring. So I'm not really surprised. However, in these circumstances, if say Joel Embiid comes back 100% healthy, I could see the 76ers making a big run, but it would also depend on where is Embiid's mindset? Is he going to punish guys on the block? That's where he's best. Or is he going to try to force everyone to respect his three-point game that's not quite there yet. Um, I will let him take 10 threes a game out there and he's only going to make two or three. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that over the course of a seven-game series. That would be what I'd be worried about with the 76ers. In a seven-game series, are they going to find enough scoring to be able to advance past the first round? That would be interesting to see because he had the hazmat suit heading down to Orlando. (laughs) He's such a jokester too. I do love that part about him. That's true. That's true. And he loves to talk to smack and you're right. If he, if he's out there chucking threes, that's not exactly in the best interest of Philadelphia. They do have to have better outside shooting. And you're right. Ben Simmons has to develop a jump shot or something resembling a jump shot. I don't think he has over the course of the past three months in quarantine. So, uh, I just think if it does come down to the point where defense is a key and it does slow down in the playoffs, there is a possibility that defense could come come out, but they haven't played well all season uh, as far as at least on the road is per se. They've been killer at home. So you don't know what kind of type of mindset they're going to bring to Orlando could be anything. So I'm interested to see them because I see them as a wild card. It can go either which way. It could be a total disaster or it could be a team that could surprise a lot of people. Absolutely. They're sitting right now at number at the sixth seed. I I think they push past the Pacers for five with Oladipo not playing for the Pacers and kind of how that team is set up. Uh, I think the Sixers can push past them. They could make a push for the four seed, but I think Miami, if they, if they even play as well or near as well as they were playing uh, going into the hiatus, I think they, I think they'll probably the 76ers stay at about a five seed, which would match them up against the heat. Well, there you go. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Gerald from the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Just want to give you a heads up on what's coming up over the next couple weeks right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. A ton of great guests, so please, if you don't follow us yet or subscribe, please do so wherever you get your podcast because there's a great lineup of guests I have coming along the way. Of course, we're going to have Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies, always on our show. Tom Wong from Lakerholics.net, also regular, and cannot thank both of them enough for being on our show. But we're going to have a lineup of guests for you if you haven't seen already on our Facebook page. We've got a lot of great guests on the way. Check it out. NBA odds maker Rafael Esparza from Las Vegas. Got Melvin Washington III, also from Las Vegas. He's got a great show that happens every Friday on the Talk to Me Sports Radio Network on the Blog Talk Radio Network. 
got Craig James coming up from the Final Score podcast on the Podcast City Network. Corey Harrison's also going to be on the show coming up from the Out of Bounds Sports podcast. Got Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. Eric Sklar from KFI AM 640 and the TSK Show podcast. He's scheduled to come on the show as well. Got Big Baby Jonathan Soffel from the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Got to check out his awesome show. He's coming up on the program here coming up in the very near future. Michael from the RTF Sports Network. Got to check out his awesome sports network that we are a part of each and every week right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Got to check out Michael's great stuff that he's doing there. Chris Jose LeBron, the Off the Ball Podcast host. He's going to stop by the program. J.B. Ellis from the Program Podcast. He's also going to come by, share his thoughts on the NBA scene. Cole Johnson from Cole Sports, Snowman Digital Media, and the Get Over Divorce Programs. He's going to come by on the show. And Fago White Franklin III from Fox Sports 1340 AM Hopewell. He's going to come on and share his NBA thoughts as well. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great lineup of guests. I've recorded some already. I've got many more on the way. And, of course, that doesn't even include our NBA mock draft that's also coming right here, number 2.0, with a ton of great draft insiders that's also coming up. All these great shows, you can check it out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Before I go ahead and turn it over to you on why people need to check out all the awesome shows that's part of the Podcast City Network, of course, the shows that you're on as well, as of now... How does it look like for you as far as coming out of the Eastern and the Western Conference? And ultimately, who do you think might come out on top? Well, looking at both sides, the Western Conference, I have probably the Lakers sitting at one, Clippers at two, the Nuggets stay at three, Rockets, I think, push up to four just because they've got two of the best scorers in the league. And in this hiatus, I mean, assuming that those guys stay in shape, I think they they would make a push. Jazz probably stay at five. Thunder. So kind of the way this matches up, I would have a Lakers Clippers Western conference finals. That's going to be a really intriguing matchup to me because you've got, you've got some of those players that, you know, missing Avery badly for the Lakers does hurt, but you went out and got Dion waiters. You went out and gotten J.R. Smith. You basically need some shooters to go around LeBron and let's not forget LeBron James is averaging 10 and a half assists this year. He's, He's on track to be the oldest player ever to lead the league in assists for the first time, which is a really weird stat, <laughs> but, but Hey, it's a uh, averaging 10 and a half assists. He's one of the best all around players still in this game. I think Kawhi is right there with him, but I think just how these two teams are matched up, I would probably take the Lakers over the Clippers in a seven game series. I think it'll be really tight. Every game is going to come right down to the wire. Guys like Pat Beverly are going to, cause havoc in the backcourt for the Lakers, but a guy like Anthony Davis is going to cause havoc for the Clippers. So I think that one-two punch for the Lakers will inevitably push them over the top and hit the finals. In the East, I mentioned it's I think it's wide open between the Bucks and the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat. I think in the long run, man, looking at the East, it is such a tough, tough draw. I think the I think the Raptors, the Celtics are right there and they still have all their core to make another push next year. The Raptors, this is their last year with a few pieces and then they become free agents. So I think this is the last shot for the Raptors. They're playing so well. I think the Raptors 
meet the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then from there, it's anybody's game. I think it's a seven-game series no matter what. But I would probably put my money on the Bucks and Giannis just in how dominant he's been. He's been the most one of the most fouled players in the league. And if he can shoot halfway decent at the free throw line, that is usually the X factor. So I would see a Lakers-Bucks final with in probably six games, I would say the Lakers probably come out on top, which is actually my preseason pick overall anyway. No wonder I had this guy on the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding because now it's starting to even out because before I started going ahead and doing all these these interviews, most of the guests that I come on the show are picking other teams, the Bucks, the Clippers, what have you, then the Lakers. It's nice to hear lately, I was talking to Melvin <laughs> and talking to yourself that that's you know, that the Lakers are still very much thought of. And you're right. I, I agree with you on that. When it comes down to it, the Lakers have the best one-two punch. And if they're healthy, because you know AD loves to pick up those little nicks, those little cuts, those little <laughs> injuries that, that really just kind of get you, especially in the yeah. shoulder, which he says is now healed, which is great news for Lakers fans. I Absolutely. think they have the best one-two punch. And I think in a, in a series where it's all about matchups, they have the best matchups there. Yeah, and you got to think about it too. For now, I mean, LeBron's what thirty-five years old. Like he doesn't have a lot of seasons left. He probably could still play till he's forty and be better than three quarters of the league. But he's always been in a championship or bust type mode ever since he decided to leave Cleveland and go to Miami. So I think if the if it comes down to it, he's that kind of guy that will kind of light a fire under Anthony Davis and be like, "Hey, no, you're not going to sit this one out." We, you need this championship just as much as I do. This is going to happen. So, but yeah, I didn't just pick the Lakers because I've got the uh, the Kobe jersey uh, behind me. This is a little bit of a, a nod here to the NBA. I'm a big NBA 2K guy. So, you know, shout out to the NBA 2K League as well. We're working on doing some coverage for the Orlando Magic team here nearby. And I just wanted to throw up here, obviously, because you're the Lakers fast break podcast, but the Mamba Forever edition for NBA 2K. I thought this would be a great little nod for you guys. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that's going to be a great way to go ahead and, you know, honor Kobe uh, coming up just before the six-month anniversary of his passing. Uh, I don't like the fact that on Next Generation Systems it's going to go $10 higher. That's something I already (laughs) covered already on the Pop Culture Cosmos, and that games most likely will go $10 higher than in the Next Generation. That's another story entirely. But it's great that they will be honoring Kobe uh, it's great to see that. Hopefully they can cut down on the microtransactions at 2K as well. Hint, 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 hint. But uh, I will one say... One can only hope. One can only hope. I mean, everybody was talking about that it's they're getting 2K20 uh, on, on PlayStation as the as the free game this month. They're like, yay. I'm like, have you played it? Yeah. You know, have you played it to the point where you have to go ahead and pay for it? Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you have to pay right now in its current rendition. Because 2K, yep. they've been very upfront about saying that they love microtransactions. But again, that's a pop culture thing for the pop culture cosmos. Yep. <laughs> I'll have to bring you on for that as far as discussion there. But I want to ask you this before we leave and before we head on out. You've been such a great guest, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. But before we head on out, you've got this great Podcast City Network. You've got this whole awesome selection of shows that is there for people. I want you to go ahead and talk to the listeners and, and also the viewers out there on why people need to check out, as I'm going to be showing on the screen, the Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. 
Absolutely. You can find the show that I co-host, Final Score. It's a sports podcast. It's the only sports podcast currently on the network, but it's kind of one of our flagship shows. And uh, you can find us at PCN Final Score on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even on Twitch. I know you mentioned your pop culture and video games and everything. We actually have a uh, a stream team that that I host where I play current and retro sports video games. That's also at PCN Final Score on Twitch. But uh, as far as the network goes, we have quite a few different types of shows, depending on whatever your tastes are. We have shows that are dedicated to wrestling and, and indie wrestling, such as like the Everett Lee Show, Wrestle Podcast, Deathmatch Wrestle Podcast, the Chris Carnage Show. And then we have shows that are dedicated to maybe pop culture and movies, such as the Movie Nights, which is a couple of awesome, awesome guys from UCF, the Movie Nights they have, uh, they have an awesome podcast. They're doing a series right now of rating pop culture phenomenal movies. That's been a pretty cool YouTube series there. And we've just had a new relationship with Knockout Wrestling here in Florida, indie, a small indie promotion. And uh, that's got a show that's hosted by our own Everett Lee, who's one of our co-owners of the network. But we're always looking to expand with other shows that are interested in learning more about a network we have a membership process but it's free to join we try to help everybody out it's kind of a for podcasters by podcasters kind of setup so podcastcity.net if you want to check out any of the shows that we have and you can find our content on social media at podcastcity.net for facebook and on twitter absolutely in fact while you were speaking i just went to at pcn final score and I just go ahead and started following all the great stuff that you're doing there. And again, for everybody out there, podcastcity.net, you just go to that site. You see all the great shows. Follow all the shows. Like them. Subscribe. Follow them. Give them that five-star review because there's so many great shows, including yours at the final score on the Podcast City Network. So please, if you get a chance, support the Podcast City Network today. I think you'll be glad you did. Yeah, I really appreciate the shout out and having me on the show, Gerald. It's a lot of fun. I always enjoy talking sports. Yeah, I love. Uh, if you want to check out, we have we live stream our shows every weekend. My ho- co-host Chris and I. We do have other things. We even have like a niche relationship with the sport of rugby. We have the rugby review that happens every weekend with our host, our correspondent Kevin Wathen, and we have some relationships with people from the NRL. The uh, the Australian Rugby League. So that's been a, it's been a lot of fun. We're hoping, looking forward to helping that grow, get people more intrigued with that sport of rugby. But we do live stream our shows every weekend. They usually happen either Saturday or Sunday mornings. Kind of depends on our work and life schedules. But uh, we try to get out content every single week. I try to do weekly interviews that we post on our YouTube page. And uh, we're always pretty active on Facebook and Twitter. So always hit us up, shoot us a DM, and we'll be happy to connect with, with anybody and everybody. Sounds like a plan indeed. So check out all the great stuff he's doing today and the whole team at the Podcast City Network today. Like you said, on YouTube, Twitch, the whole nine yards. And of course, their great site, podcastcity.net, where you can check out all the great shows that they have there. And again, I'll tell you what, Craig, it's just so awesome to have you on the show. Definitely want to hear your thoughts coming back, whether it's pop culture, whether it's the NBA. Just truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to us, whether it's the pop culture cosmos or right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.